Hello? Hey! Hey, could you give our listeners uh, a taste of how you now answer the phone? What? Could you give our listeners a taste of how you <laughs> now answer the phone? <laughs> Jello pudding! <laughs> you are now officially 203 years old. <laughs> and uh, it looks like you're... Mic is maybe fixed? I don't know. It's still very jiggly, but I guess if I don't fiddle with it, it doesn't come off. But I can't stop fiddling. <laughs> and Simon, no one would dare ask you to, okay? <laughs> you, they, they are. Your, the, the, uh, the legs of your stand are awfully dangly. Yeah, I don't really know how this, uh, how this is supposed to work. You just know that it if does. Yeah, exactly. Or what you know, what what's wrong with it, if anything? But you know. Okay. Well, Simon, <laughs> you want to welcome people back? Yes, sure. Welcome back to another episode of Maybe Next Time. I am your host, William Bluer, with my co-host Simon McCormack. Nets Nation! Uh, I actually don't have anything for that, sorry. I was trying. Usually I can come up with one on the fly. Yeah, but the old old noggin's working a little slow today, (laughs) huh? That's right. Uh, That's that's Monday for you, huh? Yeah, I know. I'm I'm all turned around. Did you work today? Did you take the day off? What's up in Simonville? Uh, I, I work today. Um, did you take the day off? No, but I did find out that we get June 24th off. Oh, why? Uh, day of reflection. Just because of the pandemic or? No, because of uh, Black Lives Matter and an institutional need to reflect upon its diversity and or lack thereof. It's one of like a seven point plan to try to uh, begin to embody the DEIA ethos that they have long uh, paid lip service to, but of which we have seen very few actual um, tangible (laughs) changes in our workplace. Got it. Um, okay. I'm not sure what the significance of uh, that is. My my own ignorance. I'm sure that June 24th is is a significant date um, in in Black history. I'm I, but I I'm not aware of what it is. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So anyway, that's the next time I'm getting off. You you are coming in a little quieter than usual. Um. Okay. That's hmm. actually so. That sounds okay. Good. Maybe I just need to pick up my V. Yeah. Um, so we are back as we are each and every unrelenting week to talk all things Nets Nation. And Simon, I always lie to the listener and say we have a lot to get to. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this week, I, th- I think we genuinely do. Yeah, yeah. It is for, um, for you know... 60 to 80 days without any basketball being played, we are managing to come up with 
quite a lot to talk about, but but um, this week ha- was particularly news-filled. So I just want to tease for the, the listeners that eventually, at some point in this show, maybe 30 minutes from now, maybe an hour and a half from now, <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> um, uh, we will be heading back to Orlando and uh, from there to the planet Pandora. Yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, home of the Avatars? Are they called Avatars? or N- No, they had some other name. Okay. Uh, maybe the Navi? The Navi, that sounds that sounds right. Our, our blue friends, the Navi. <laughs> uh, I remember so little of that movie, and I hope we get to discuss it. Uh, yeah, definitely. At length then. But before we get to that, we're going to get to Kyrie's comments. We're going to get to KD's corner. We're going to talk new nets and old coaches. And Simon, thank God, after weeks of silence from our listeners, we've got a mailbag. Yes, most excitingly. Yes, most excitingly. We have a mailbag to get to your questions to us regarding the Brooklyn Nets. Before we get into the show, Simon, anything you feel you have to get off your chest? No, I, I know we have a packed agenda, so I, I, I won't take up any more of the listeners' time here. Uh, you know your image appeared on our Instagram today. I saw it. Hillary showed it to me. Thanks for posting. Yeah, and you are in a block, Brooklyn block, Brooklyn Nets block t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, listeners out there, even when we're, you know, at events maybe that aren't primarily Nets themed or in any way at all Nets themed, we are still representing (laughs) the Nets in some some small way. So, Simon, let's get to the first matter at hand, the thing that has not only broken Nets Twitter but has infected NBA Twitter at large – and I think the um, most neutral way to describe it is Kyrie's comments. Yeah, yes, sure, absolutely. Okay, so what happened? What are people talking about? Uh, it, it has been featured on all NBA, national NBA podcasts that I have listened to today, uh, which are maybe two or three. Um, but it is sucking up a lot of the oxygen in the NBA room, and it is Kyrie Irving's organizing of a call with various NBA players to express some dissenting voices f- from the idea of returning to play in Orlando. Yes. Uh, there were about, as uh, the latest thing that I've read, there were about a hundred players on the phone call. It was organized and hosted by Kyrie Irving. And it was, it was meant to discuss perhaps some of the reasons why this return to play is not such a good idea. Uh, some of the perils of the bubble, the obvious ones that, um, I think anyone, (laughs) can see uh, coronavirus is still very much a real thing. Uh, Going to a bubble certainly um, could be 
you know, theoretically, it could work out that nobody gets sick there and that it is a, a virus-free place, but it there is certainly no guarantee of that. And in fact, the likelihood of it not being that is quite high. Um, yep. At the very, at the very, at the very least, it is uncertain um, how safe it would be from a health perspective. Uh, Additionally, players expressed concern that it would take away from the protests that are happening right now and that that sort of needs to be front and center of people's mind and attention. Uh, And, you know, quality of life. Do players really want to submit to living inside of a bubble in Disney World for three months on end? Uh, obviously a totally legitimate concern. Oh, and I I would just add one last thing. Sorry, were you going to say more? Sorry. No, go for it. Uh, Just the other thing that seems to be a part of this is a feeling, at least a a reported feeling, that many of the non-star players felt like their concerns and opinions were not really taken into account when the Players Association voted on a 28 to nothing vote with various, I don't exactly know the, you know, how their, the union is structured, but various like higher ups, your, your vice presidents like Kyrie and Garrett Temple, for example, all voted uh, unanimously to approve this sort of tentative framework for a return to play, and and some of, some of these players, it sounds like that the particularly non-stars are wary of um, you know f- feeling like this was a rubber stamp from from stars. Right. Great thing to bring up. Uh, yeah, and so this has gotten a lot of backlash. Um, and a lot of uh, people coming out in Kyrie Irving's defense as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the backlash basically being uh, based largely on the, the headline that uh, Woj's article appeared with that called him like the disruptor of the NBA and framed it as, uh, you know, Kyrie is sort of this guy going out of his way to stir up shit basically. Uh-huh. Um, and then there has also been a concerted sort of defense that this is a necessary conversation that needs to take place and that Kyrie is merely fostering that dialogue. Um, and then there are a million nuances to this. Simon, what is your just, you know, immediate takeaway from this or what, what, what interests you about this story? Well, so I think that... Uh, as I was, I was sort of talking to my dad the other day and I was saying that uh, I would describe David Zirin, the guy who used to write for the nation. He's a sports writer. You know him, you love him. Yeah. Um, I would describe, uh, him as the person that you listen to or read if you want to feel terrible about liking sports. And I would say (laughs) that this sort of This situation is an example of like if you – for me anyway, if I set aside the fact that I'm a fan who would like to see basketball come together and would like to believe that everything will be safe and fine and that players really want to come back and everyone's on the same side, um, that these are very legitimate concerns – you know, legitimate concerns and and things that 
need to be at the very least raised um, and ironed out. And, um, you know, I, I, so I appreciate that they are, you know, I, I, yeah, I think they're legitimate. I, I don't know about you, William, but my one thing, my, my one feeling uh, against that is just after even one year of dealing with Kyrie Irving, it is hard for me to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that his motivations are pure, even if the result of, of this thing that he's spearheading is, is a positive one and is a legitimate one. Mm-hmm. I just don't trust his motives because we've seen him just have like lofty rhetoric that more or less just is used to, to, um, justify him wearing a hat during a photo or, you know, um, do, doing various like selfish things. So, so I don't, I, I think he's an imperfect messenger, um, for this, but for a necessary message, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I completely agree with you. I think this is, it's a totally, uh, essential that this sort of conversation is happening and that these players get to have a voice in whether this, returns, you know, returns to play or not. I think that it is grading, however, for um, that message to be now coming from someone like Kyrie, who has so little stake in this to begin mm-hmm. with. So from like just a pure sport, sort of like competitive perspective, he's sacrificing nothing. He's not he yep. wasn't going to play um, and he wasn't going to go. You know, like he said, maybe he was going to go, and if he was sick, they shouldn't allow him to go because we shouldn't be bringing more people unnecessarily into this context. So he's sacrificing nothing from a pure, like, sporting perspective. And from a financial point of view, he's sacrificing next to nothing. He gets more per year in endorsement deals. He's one of the richest players in the entire world. He's in the top 25 richest athletes in the entire world. Um, And so... When you get to quote unquote lead this again totally legitimate resistance to this thing um, from a perspective in which basically nothing is on the line for you, um, it 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 does ring pretty hollow to me. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so yeah, a lot of players, you know, uh, yeah, as I just said, ninety nine percent of these players would lose a significant amount of money were they not to do this. Um, and uh, a number of players might actually, you know, want to compete and play for something this season. Yes. Um, then the other the ar- the other argument that's that's coming forward uh, in addition to you know something like Garrett, what Garrett Temple is saying is that like this is significant money for a huge number of people that, uh, it, you know, like taking millions of dollars out of the pockets of majority black people um, is never something that he wants to really be on the side of. But in addition to that, um, a lot a lot of people are, are pointing out that because the, p- the players do have such a powerful uh, negotiating position here, because if they don't do it, this whole thing falls apart, right. um, that they can make some demands on the NBA to make this a platform to amplify voices uh, throughout the NBA on this, on this issue. What do you think about that? I, you know, I, I think that's a fair point. Um, And 
you know, I, 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 it's, I, I imagine that within, um, the sort of role players of which Garrett Temple is one, there is a divergence of opinion because you could look at it as, okay, the stars want to play and push this thing through because one, though they have tons of money, they also stand to lose just, um, you know, quantitatively more of it because they make more of it. So they would lose more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, that they, uh, many of them are on teams that have a chance to um, compete for a championship. Um, but you could also say that the, the role players have more to lose, as Garrett Temple is kind of alluding to. Um, and as our good, good buddy Ed Davis also said um, or earlier today in a, in a story, um, you know, they don't. They aren't going to, you know, a lot of these players aren't going to be in the league for like 10 to 12 years. They they are anxious to make as much money as they can in whatever short window they have to play. Um, so I, you know, I, I totally understand um, where that's where that's coming from. Um, so can I read a little bit of uh, Ed Davis's quote here, which I think he's he seems to be pretty firmly aligned with uh, with Garrett Temple. But he says. Sorry, I didn't actually ask for your uh, Go for wait it. for it. Sorry. Okay. I like the but quote. There, okay, great. Uh, but there, I'm starting in the middle of it here. Uh, or actually, let's start from the beginning. It's easy for a guy like Kyrie to say that he'll give everything back for social reform. But would he really give everything back? It's easy for Dwight Howard to say that we don't need to play when he's in Atlanta and his $20 million mansion. But there are other guys in the rosters who need this money to provide for whoever they're taking care of and things like that. Right. And I think that, yeah, that's something that, you know, makes makes the comments of Kyrie, someone who, who is now quoted saying, like, I'd be willing to sacrifice everything for this cause. Right. Right. And it's like, well, again, you're not sacrificing anything because you wouldn't have played. You're not you're sacrificing <laughs> some of your salary, but you've already made tens of millions of dollars this year in which you played 20 million. Uh, played 20 games right additionally i would really question whether he would be willing to give it up if nike were to say hey we're actually not going to have you on our contract anymore if you don't go play like he's saying he's willing to, to give all of this up but um there's no real substance to substance to that or evidence that he actually would give any of this up not to mention he's a you know made maybe uh like nine figures in his career already (laughs) um which is a like you know generational wealth that he will be able to uh pass on again for 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 a very long time whereas guys like ed davis uh you know certainly are, are far wealthier than us but are not you know are not anywhere close to the, the level of a guy like Kyrie Irving. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, it, it uh, he's, he is, a, an imperfect messenger for this for sure. Yeah. Um, so what do you think? Do you think that there will be, uh, enough traction that this could derail things or do you think this is sort of, uh, uh, you know, a blip in the the road towards playing. Well, so I think that I think that it may result. I, so I don't think it's going to derail the season. 
I think that the players will blink before anything. And it's, you know, it's not totally clear whether there are even enough players right now who would be willing to suspend the season or end the season. Um, but even if there are, I suspect when like, you know, the, the players association, heads go to players and say, look, this is what it would mean. You know, I think a lot of players will, will buckle, um, but for better or worse, but I do think that they may be able to wring some concessions, make some things, you know, perhaps like work out clear contract language that talks about ways in which they can uplift, um, you know, the, the, uh, importance of, you know, uh, defunding or whatever, um, you know, whatever players want to say about, um, policing, um, and racial justice and, um, all, all of the sort of social, um, uh, problems that are being, uh, brought up in, uh, by these protests. And then, um, you know, the, the other thing though, that's a little frustrating to me, William, that makes it sort of harder for me to gauge whether this will derail anything or change anything is that the demands, I have not really seen clear demands and, and Woj actually just published this story with, with Malika, um, Andrews, uh, that includes like a very long statement from, from this coalition that is headed by Kyrie. And I guess Avery Bradley is mentioned in this story, but the demands don't seem clear at all. Uh, to me, so I'm. Not, it's not. Yeah, yeah. I heard some rumor that you know part of it would be that they would not want the in place of the national anthem. Mm. Uh, they could get some sort of uh, platform to raise awareness about about these social justice issues. Got it. Um, but yeah, it would be it'd be very interesting to see what sort of leverage they have and what they could come up with and what what their what their you know platform would be what their messages would be what they want to say and how they could how they could potentially um leverage something that will likely have quite a lot of people watching since people are pretty desperate for this type of content um and and how you know what those messages will be i mean i you know personally you know we're still talking about um like entrusting a billion, you know, multi-billion-dollar company to um, to promote some sort of radical change, which I would never put too much faith in. That being the sort of the place where real substantive change is going to come from, but certainly um, these players are are influential enough on their own that that this could be a good way for at least their individual voices to promote some some pretty good things. I think. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree, um, and I I I would fear were I a, a player that a lot of the, you know, that, that owners might be anxious to, to tell players now, like, Oh yeah, no, we'll give you a platform for sure. But once they're in the bubble, once the contracts are signed and once the games start to roll, then I feel like the, the, the power is in like the NBA slash owners hands and, and, you know, right. The board of governors who is, who are the owners, right. And right. who Adam Silver is ultimately, 
um, working for. Right. So, yeah, uh, well, well, we will see. Um, I think it also has a lot of implications if they, say, refuse to go back now for the idea of uh, next season. And, right. and, you know, are they, if that happens, what are the negotiations going to look like um, going into next season when the NBA will have lost the amount of money that they have and there will be this sort of rift between... Uh, players and and owners in renegotiating this contract which is already going to have to be renegotiated because of the (laughs) massive losses that have been incurred this year right so yeah i mean it's a complicated (laughs) tricky issue um usually you know i I feel like my knee-jerk reaction would be to be uh you know on the side of of Kyrie, I just really his yeah, he just rankles me. Yes, I think he does. I, he does for many many people. Yes, it, I agree. But it, yeah, he, but yeah. So I I, th- I think it's fair to say though that you and I both are glad that this has been brought up. That um, there's a good chance that it will make things um, better than it would have been. Um, and that uh, we don't trust Kyrie. Yeah, I think all of those things are very safe to say. Um, all right, Simon, shall we move along? Yeah, sure. The Nets can sign, it looks like, two more players to the roster. Yeah. So Adam Shifter wrote a, an article in which he laid out some intriguing options, right? Yeah. Uh, let's say that one of these two positions is just going to Choza. Okay. So we'll, we'll think about who the other, other one is. Um, he put names down like Iman Shumpert, mm-hmm. Trey Burke, Tyrone Wallace. But these two names, Simon, they leapt off the page. <laughs> and I have been reeling ever since I read them. One, former net Alan Crabb. And two, <laughs> former Sean Marks poison pill contract, Tyler Johnson. <laughs> uh, two things I want to mention about these guys. Uh, both of them were often po- offered poison pill contracts by Sean Marks. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them are now not on any team because they are not good at basketball. Um, and this sort of begs, brought up the question, resurrected the question to me, Simon, of how good is Sean Marks? <laughs> uh, I mean, particularly the Alan Crabb thing. Um because he he you know fooled the the both the Heat and the Trailblazers into taking those contracts, and you could sort of then say, oh, brilliant job by Sean Marks. You know, he's he's giving these contracts that like it wasn't going to matter because the Nets were going to be terrible for four years. The thinking went, um, and so salary cap money is not very valuable. And then he got those two teams to eat those contracts um, and suffer. But then it turned out he actually did want Alan <laughs> very badly. Right. He wanted to eat his own poison pill. <laughs> yeah. The guy is suicidal. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like right. It's like if you were to like secretly lace an enemy's drink with cyanide, and then we're like, ah, that that looks like the better glass. I'm gonna ah, try fuck that. It. <laughs> <laughs> Not being poisoned didn't really work out for me. Let's try the poison thing. Right, exactly. Uh, I don't want Alan Crabb back. I don't. <laughs> I don't want Tyler Johnson either. Yeah, I I don't. I agree with you. I I don't want either one. I think it would be absolutely hilarious to have Alan Crabb back, though. Don't don't you? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> maybe maybe he and uh, Torian Prince could form like uh, you know a little cadre of uh, broken dreams. Right. Yes. Yes, exactly. Uh, so of Shumpert, Trey Burke, Tyron Wallace, or any other potential player out there that you're aware of who we could go after, who who do you think the Nets should pursue? It's got to be, and I, I believe this is what Schiff, Schiffer said as well, uh, for me it, it should be Shumpert. I, I loved Shumpert um, during his brief time with the Nets. I will acknowledge he is not good at shooting and was not um, – isn't like a panacea for everything that ails the Nets, certainly. But um, on a team that I'm hard-pressed to think of any player that is a good wing defender, mm-hmm. um, I would love a wing defender. I would love a wing defender. Uh, what about, let me throw out a name to you, Simon, and I okay. want, I, this is like a, a Rorschach. Just say the first thing that comes into your <laughs> mind. Uh, Boogie Cousins. Oh, yeah. Um, help. Oh, what? I know you love Boogie. I love I a Boogie. I, I'm just so scared of a, an already toxic locker room getting the toxicity of Boogie Cousins with none of the good parts of Boogie Cousins, which is his ability to play basketball at a very high level. Right. Um, but there's a good chance that the toxicity of our locker room, other than Spencer Dinwiddie <laughs> will not be in Orlando. Right. Right. That's, that's true. Um, that's and what true. would a Nets locker room look like in 2020? If there weren't a heavy dose of toxicity, <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like, like how people with chromes, um, they're treating it by giving them ringworm uh, oh, because it was like a like a parasite that like humanity evolved with. And we've just sort of like always had it in our stomachs. And it, it's apparently like helps reduce allergies and can help with chromes and all of these weird new sort of diseases you know, um, ailments that people didn't have. And, and some argue that it's because we no longer have like this parasite that we co-evolved with that sort of took care of a lot of these things. Huh? That, that's, that's sort of, a- that's sort of like the nets without a healthy <laughs> dose of toxicity. In locker room. Do you- <laughs> that is some interesting. That's it. Do you mean tapeworm by the way? Is that what it is? Or cause ringworm right is a skin rash, isn't it? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's yes, it's it's the one that you get that like gets in through your foot. It's in feces and it comes in through your feet and then is oh. in your lodges itself in your intestines. Interesting. Okay. So yeah, not well, ringworm. You're right. It's not ringworm. It's I think it is tapeworm. Something something like that. It's some sort okay. of worm. Worm. Got it. Yes. A, a worm that 
you would think was parasitic, but is actually quite helpful. But yes, it, it, it can help rid you of that mythical thing called allergies. Right, exactly. Hey, why, why not? Why, why, oh boy, it's called using your brain, folks. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, QAnon over here. We'll is... actually, we'll actually get, get to some allergy talk um, in a moment. Um, wh- whether you know it or not, William, I've, I've got an allergy. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> there may be an allergy-free talk. Who? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> these who are, are really inside jokes here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you people get it, right? You'll get it by hour three of this thing. Um, what? Um, so what? who would you pick? Would you pick Boogie? Um, I mean, I... <sighs> No, I guess. I mean, I love Boogie. Yeah, I think he'd be the best player, but I don't think we're going to get him, and I and I don't think he would he would help the Nets tremendously. I mean, I don't think any of these guys are. It's just so it's so hopeless for them right now. Uh, we could none of these people are going to move move the needle much. I don't think any of them are going to be um, begging to come come play with the Nets. So we're going to get whoever isn't picked up by one of these other teams. I think could right. could be a return of Shumpert. Yeah, I'd be totally fine with that. Uh, I like Trey Burke. Oh, is is he the one who's buddies with um, KD? I don't know. Okay, never mind then. Yeah, it was some former Nick, but I don't. Know. Yeah. Um. All right. Should we head over to KD's corner? Yes. Let's do it. All right. So this Simon is another example of KD's corner meeting. Headline of the week. <laughs> Great. Quote Lichtenstein colon. Sorry, that's not how we pronounce his name, is it? Lichtenstein. Lichtenstein. Yeah. I always get that wrong. Lichtenstein colon. Good excuse to say colon again. <laughs> Lichtenstein colon. <laughs> Why Kevin Durant is doing a disservice for teammates. Simon, last week you promised me, promised me we would not be talking about KD and returning <laughs> or not returning ever again. How could it possibly happen? And then, really seconds after our last podcast <laughs> dropped, <laughs> that headline comes out, the, the, the article, corresponding article comes out. He writes, Simon, uh, regarding KD claiming he needs to sit out, quote, how about trying first? If you go down to <laughs> classic Lichtenstein, if you go down to Orlando, work out with your teammates and then reach the conclusion that you don't feel comfortable moving around the court, so be it. You know your body. By doing, uh, by going with a hard pass, Durant is doing a disservice to his teammates, all of whom would kill for the opportunity to go into battle with even an 80% KD for no more than 20 minutes a game. Simon, end, yeah. end quote, your reaction. <laughs> this is your boy, Lichtenstein. I know, I know. Look, I mean, I... As we've said, folks, long-time listeners will know, both William and I are wary of seeing the uh, myth of Kevin Durant on the Nets uh, destroyed by actually seeing Kevin Durant play. But given that, that, you know, but aside from that 
it is, as we talked about last week, pretty kind of humiliating that, that Kevin Durant can say, as you said, that he's healthy, um, but that he's just decided in June that he wasn't going to play for a year, even <laughs> if that year got bumped up several months because of uh, an, an impossible to predict um, once in a century pandemic. Um and so I he- I feel you know Lichtenstein's pain you know um, I do uh, as a as a fan um, I would you know part of me would really like to see Kevin Durant play and get also get some idea of how he looks next to the current crop of of Nets um, but I, I I don't I don't know what do you think. Yeah, you know, you don't want to be the the Skip Bayless type who's screaming at him for not having the competitive spirit <laughs> of Michael Jordan and Michael would have come back early from an injury and if right. you're really that good, Kevin, get out there and show us you're that good. But um I don't think either of us were arguing for him to come back before he was healthy. Correct. Yeah. Um, but now that it's on the record that he's fully healthy, it becomes borderline fully uh, <laughs> baffling why he would not then play. Right. Um, and you know, then then there's Mark Stein who comes in for the the sober reassurance that it is reasonable for for KD not to rush back. Mm-hmm. Did you were you at all um, convinced by Mark Stein's well, article? Well, it's I mean that he he comes at it from a perspective that I feel like is not a fan's perspective. It's like a um kind of a uh, I don't know legacy building perspective, I suppose. Right, not wanting to sort of. Um, put yourself in any situation if you're Kevin Durant where you might be compromised. And also he, he does bring up a good point that at least as of now in this tentative schedule that the, the NBA has put out that like you would see games, you know, I mean for the nets, it's probably not going to last that long, but you could theoretically see a situation where you end play in October and then start at the beginning of December, Uh which would be quite a, a a tight turnaround. Um, but, and, and that could be tough on a body that recently suffered an extremely serious injury. But again, as Steve Lichtenstein said, and as you said, like, give it a sh- shot is different than saying like, no, you have to do it no matter what you have to do it. Cause you said you were healthy. You just have to do it. Like you could just try. <laughs> right. Right. Even on a serious minute restriction, like Lichtenstein, Lichtenstein says, uh, Twenty minutes a game. Yeah, players would. He could. He could. He could be a huge boost for the Nets, even if he's not, not, not playing. Uh, you know, big minutes in the playoffs. Um, right. Plus, it's extremely unlikely that the Nets are going to be playing through to October. Yes. Yes. Definitely. All right. Um, let's move on to another topic we've talked about uh, an insane number of times at this point. <laughs> and that wait. is Sham Sharania of The, of the Athletic mm. on why Kenny Atkinson was fired. 
So he lays out a three-pronged case for why he was fired. Okay? Okay. Um, to me, Simon, two of these three uh, arguments don't hold water. Okay. And one okay. of them does. Okay? So that's going to make this a little tastier than your, your yes. normal section. So the first one is that players who he lists as KD, Kyrie, and, of course, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, didn't like his, quote, free-flowing offense. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, play- that's reason one. Reason two is that, quote-unquote, players were pissed that DeAndre Jordan wasn't starting. I think I know which one mm-hmm. is real. <laughs> it, quote, the DeAndre Jordan point became a big one. He wanted to start. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were his friends. It's the reason he was signed to that big contract. Kenny Atkinson didn't want to start him, and that became a budding heads point uh, for the whole organization. So that became a problem. Okay, so that's problem number two. And then problem number three is the blow-up uh, team meeting just, like, days before he got fired, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So point number one, Simon, they didn't like the free-flowing offense. When Kyrie Irving was on the court this season, the Nets had a top-five offense in the NBA. Yeah. So maybe you don't like it, maybe you're great against it, but it was effective as hell. <laughs> so I can't imagine that that could have been the bummerino that, tore, that, that, that made everyone that angry. Right, and also Spencer had been playing with it for years. For years, and it was not an issue. Point number three, the blow-up team meeting. Sure, but that isn't a cause. It is a. <laughs> it is one of the symptoms, one of the last symptoms, mm-hmm. um, right before it happened. By no means could you call that a cause. Right, that's the nail in the coffin. Exactly. They had. It was the the uh, the culmination of other issues, and the only mm-hmm. other issue. Then the, the fallacious uh, offense wasn't uh, what they wanted it to be, even though it was the top five one in the NBA. When Kyrie, the star who hated it, was playing. Um, is that players, again, quote-unquote players, were pissed that DeAndre wasn't starting. This is the one <laughs> <laughs> through argument in every single Without fail, discussion of why Kenny Atkinson was fired. In every single one without fail, this has been mentioned. DeAndre Jordan not starting has been mentioned in all of them. It is the one thing that seems to really have pissed people off. And by people, of course, I mean Kyrie, KD, and Lackey, Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, so basically, once again, the firing of Kenny Atkinson, the best reason I have heard for it is that he was committed to starting the superior center, Jared Allen, over an aged uh, star who just happened to be the friends of the superstars. Right. And, and, and I am tempted to believe the other... The other reasons, particularly the like Kevin Durant, the third one that Kevin Durant during this team blow up said, you know, you're not building championship, you know, whatever um, habits. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I I just want to believe for my own net fandom that a big part of this was like Kenny was showing that he just wasn't like 
you know, in these fourth quarters, for example, like he was just not showing that he could pull the team together and like get the, I mean, they're one of the worst fourth quarter teams in the league. Um, and so you hope, I hope anyway, that it, that it was things like that, that, that did it. But yeah, I mean, if it's just not bending to the whims of the stars, um, in, in this one particular way in which the stars are really annoying, um, that that's bad. Right. And that, that, that's, that's what it is for me that it, it does. It's not so much the, the fact that like Deandre should start over Jarrett. Um, clearly he shouldn't, but it's the fact that it then shows who is actually in control, who is running things. And that is the, um, these two, as I've described them before, mercurial superstars, <laughs> um, who, I would love to have them on my basketball team. I don't necessarily know that Kyrie or KD should be managing other people since they seem to have <laughs> extremely difficult times managing their own uh, moods. Right. <laughs> so, Simon, the postman rings twice. Mm-hmm. It's mailbag time. Oh, great, great. I did not understand what you were getting at there. But yeah, I'm talking I'm about the soon-to-be-completely-defunded uh, essential federal service, the United States Postal Office, having provided us with a letter from IRL, <laughs> Jay-Z. Yes. Thank you very much for the letter. We are, I'm not the letter, the uh, questions, the mailbag. <laughs> uh, we very much appreciate Anytime any of you reach out to tell us what you think we should talk about on this show. Um, if you don't, then you have, you know, how long has it been? 45 minutes of us discussing all of the things we just discussed. So help shape the narrative. Yeah. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail. All right. Here's a question from IRL, Jay-Z, friend of the show. Riddle me this. The burnt-out boys of Brooklyn have been given this once-in-a-career rest period. In the downtime, they've all made significant changes, upgrades, question marks, to their game. With proper rest and recovery, second to none, scientific medical staffing and coaching, and plenty of time to study and address their particular individual shortcomings, what do you, your revamped Brooklyn Nets, look like? So, we are supposed to pick an upgrade for each of our favorite Nets. Joey Buckets, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Big J, Garrett T. Uh, and what would they be, Simon? Yeah. What would our yes. upgrades for each of these guys be? Let's start with Joey. Joey, 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 Joey Buckets. Okay. What's your upgrade for J-Buck? My upgrade for Joey Buckets is any athletic ability. Okay, that uh, that course, but that 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 correlates to mine, which is defense. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Stalwart okay. w wing defender, athleticism through the roof. That makes that takes Joey from the the sort of specialist role he's currently slotted in as makes him a a well-rounded wing, which we so desperately need. Yes. Karis Levert, Simon. For me, one word: efficiency. Mm. And I actually looked up. My stat station from back in February. Wow. Uh, and it was about Karis's, Karis Levert's true shooting 
percentage and his usage rate. Uh-huh. Uh, and I said it was bad, uh, but I had to I had to run a comparison the, uh, a week later to find out just how bad it was. Do you remember this at all? Um, vaguely. So he had at the time uh, early February. I don't know why I'm saying February that way. Um, he had a 46.4 percent true shooting rate. That's about 10 percentage points below league average. Uh, not very good. I need a usage rate of 26%. So what I did was I ran a list of everyone with a usage rate of 26 or higher and what their true shooting percentage was. Do you remember what rank Karis had in that? Uh, no. Uh, well, let me remind you, Simon, it was dead last. <laughs> the next least efficient player in that was Russell Westbrook, a notoriously right. inefficient player, who was at 52% true shooting percentage. Right, right. Uh, 13% better than our, our friend uh, Karis Um So anyway. What's his true shooting now, I wonder? You think it got much better, markedly better? <laughs> I better hope so. Uh, let me see. All right. Anyway, what? What's? Yeah, I'll look it up. What? What is your? What is your upgrade for Karis? For Karis, um, it is spot up three point shooting. Um, I think that without being able to catch and shoot threes, it's difficult for me to see how he fits on this team, making seventeen million dollars a year on a team that is going to be way over the luxury tax, probably. And, uh, you know, probably doesn't want to be paying $17 million a year to a bench player unless he's really spectacular off the bench, which is possible. Do you think he will be our best player in the bubble? Yes, I do. Um, who could give him a run for his money? Spencer Dinwiddie, right? Yeah. I think. And, um, you know, Joey Buckets in, in us, you know, if he's like able to get enough looks that he starts to score more points, you know, I mean, he's shooting great. Um, and I would say Jared Allen, except that last we saw Jared Allen, he was being shoved out of the starting lineup and his confidence was bad and he, you know, was not looking good. Um, I'm having trouble finding it right now, Simon. Yeah, uh, that's okay. Well, you you gab, and I'll I'll try to find it. Okay, our next guy on the list, Simon, is uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. This yes. is easy, no brainer. Spencer needs to be able to shoot a three pointer. He's shooting thirty percent this season. That's yeah. pretty terrible for a guard who takes a lot of threes. Yes. What, what, how would you help? Um, yeah, three, three point. I, I, I to- totally agree. Three, three point shooting. Um, it, it would be so much better and it would make his attack that is already, um, good. Um, his attacking the rim, but is already good, much better because people would have to actually honor his, his three point shot. Um, I found Karis's true shooting, by the way, for this year, it is uh, 50.9%. Okay, so still significantly below the next worst, who is Russell Westbrook. But way up from that, from those dog days of February. Yep, so still the worst 
True shooting percentage of anyone with that usage rate. Hats off to our third star, Karis Levert. Okay. Uh, all right, Big J, Simon, what would you upgrade for Big J? Um, I would say uh, tenacity. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, he does, there are nights when he can be a real wallflower. Oh, yes. Um, uh, for me, the upgrade, Simon, is uh, getting rid of DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> Right, uh, an ability to murder and get away with. <laughs> right. Or, you know, get him traded. It doesn't have to be murder. Right, sure. Uh, just the removal of DeAndre Jordan. Maybe, right. though, since DeAndre is such good friends with Kyrie, he'll be one of the boycotters and won't show up to uh, to Orlando. Yeah, maybe. A boy can dream. <laughs> uh, Who would be our backup center? It would be Nick Claxton. Nick Claxton. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Get him some. Get him some playoff run. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Oh, Garrett Temple. Did you have anything for him? I, I had a very hard time thinking of anything. Uh, you know, it's not like ah, oh, he's just really good at this, this, and this, but he could use a little work in this. Right. It's like he's kind of okay in a few things. <laughs> my my pick for this is consistency, um, and I did not run an actual analysis of this. But anecdotally, you and I have talked about it at games where sometimes Garrett Temple like cannot miss yes. from three and he's is basically Michael Jordan out there. He's the best <laughs> net many nights this season. <laughs> yeah, and then a lot of times it's he's like cannot hit water in notion. <laughs> Uh, yeah, great call. Uh, that was a very, very good question. Thank you, yeah, IRLJZ. Thank you. But he, uh, he, he, he did even more for us, Simon. Yes. He recommended that we hit up, and this, folks, we really need some submissions on this front. He recommended that we hit up the Avatar themed Satuli. Canteen. <laughs> so oh, what my. we're going to do is go on an imaginative restaurant outing to the Satuli Canteen. Simon, before we go to the Satuli Canteen, who are we going to take with us? Um. Oh, great cue. Um. I am going to take uh, Torian Prince because. I have been very hard on him this, you know, pretty much this entire year, and I I need to, uh, you know, try to bury the bury the hatchet or or, or squash the the beef. As right, they say. and no better place to do it than Satuli Canteen. Uh, sadly, this doesn't have a TM after it, which is a bit of a disappointment. So, if you had to guess what Satuli meant what would you <laughs> what would you say it means I don't. I none of the words on here i remember Satuli. <laughs> <Canteen. laughs> uh what was your favorite thing about the film avatar thank you for asking so first of all i have a memory of seeing this with you i, I think we did memory. i believe but i think we saw it in 3d right Oh, yeah. I mean, you couldn't see – the whole point of Avatar was that it was in 3D. It, it right. wasn't for the, the great plot about the Navi <laughs> and whatever Satuli is. There's a reason you and I cannot remember a single thing about that movie. Um, 
yes, we saw it in 3D, and I th- I have now this could really be not a real memory, but I have a memory that we saw it at like an IMAX. Wow. I, I just remember the screen being enormous, and I remember it kind of being like, as as with many 3D films for me. Um, listeners should know uh, my eyes don't really work the way they're supposed to. Uh, I had cross eyes as a kid, and um, though that was fixed to the point where I I don't have like extremely crossed eyes, my eyes still my my eyes don't put uh, they don't work together. They don't they're kind of <laughs> on their own. Yeah. On their own little, uh, you know, paths. Um, it's like and Kyrie and Kenny Atkinson. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> My yeah. <laughs> um, and so critically for three D. Uh, TV and, and movies to work, you need to have your eyes working together to create an image. Yeah, um, well, let me tell you what you're missing out on, Simon. One arbitrary part of the screen sort of coming out at you right, occasionally. Right. right. It well, is no. the lamest <laughs> technology in the world. It has not advanced at all from those stupid red and blue glasses of the 50s. Um, <laughs> it is a joyless gimmick that I hope never comes back into style. <laughs> it's very funny. I mean, I always felt like, at least for me, this is true, and I feel like for others, that there's like an emperor has no clothes situation where like everyone, especially like when you're watching it in a theater where everyone is kind of like, ooh, oh, and you don't want to be the only idiot not going, ooh, oh, because right. it means your eyes don't work and you can't see anything. So you're like, oh, ooh, that was a blue guy. <laughs> I think he came out at me. Right. But really, you're, it, it's all like a, a staged thing and they're just seeing how manipulable human beings are. Right, exactly. It's a psychological uh, um, um, experiment. Um, okay, can I tell you who I'm taking with us to yes. the Satuli Canteen? Yes. Part of Disney's Animal Kingdom Park Dining? <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm going to take, because uh, I feel like when he asked what how we'd upgrade Garrett T., uh, I feel like it's the first time I've bothered to think about Garrett T in a really long time. <laughs> so I'm taking Garrett T with us. Great. Uh, all right. Can we head to the drink station first? Sure. I got to say, this podcast, I've worked up a thirst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A thirst that can only be slaked by a cocktail menu consisting of zero cocktails because it's another (laughs) one of the goddamn beer and wine only uh, restaurants at uh, Epcot. Correct, Amundo. Okay, so what are you going for in this um, dressed up beer and wine menu? (laughs) I'm going to get the Dreamwalker Sangria um, with refreshing white sangria. With a hint of blue, Caraco. Curacao. Curacao. Thank you. What is that? Uh, basically disgustingly sweet blue crap. <laughs> mm. yeah. I mean, honestly, I do say mmm to that. No, I know. I mean, I like. I pretty much am down with anything that is covered that um, never found in nature color blue. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, like, I love a blue raspberry uh, Jolly Rancher. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
But, Definitely. But icy, you know, anything that radiantly blue, I'm I'm into in terms of food. Yeah. Um, definitely something that I were we to go there, I would I would want to get in on. Um, let's see. I guess I'm going to go with the Hawks Grog Ale. Okay. Uh, fruity hops with notes of apricot and peach. Why do you want that? Um, grog is a funny word. Yes, it is. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I have a better reason than that. Yeah, no, I, I understand. Are these things on here, are these, like, companies? Like, I, is Hawks like a brewery, or is this an, another Avatar thing Right, that we don't because remember? part of it does feel very much like it's from, at, like, Moara High count Country. That sounds like like it's going to be from Avatar or mm-hmm. Banshee Chardonnay, but like organic Blondale or I4 IPA, I4, come on. That sounds like a tax form. <laughs> or a highway. Or a highway in Orlando <laughs> fucking Florida. Right, which is a weird, yeah, anyway, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it is, it is an interesting mix of sort of like last week's where it was like, you know, T-Rex paw pudding versus mozzarella stick. Right, right. Yes, so, yes. yeah, a, a, a fun... Fun admixture of uh, the two things again. But this also, this menu, it, one is, if you if you really broke it down, there are like eight things on this menu. Uh, yeah, if you and you've got to break it down and pretty <laughs> fucking thin, buddy, to get eight, but yeah. Um, but yeah, this, this, this drink menu looks like it has dozens of things, but really you realize that they just list different sizes of things. Um, to make it look like a more robust menu than it really is. Can I ask you, William, if you are going to get a glowing Una Delta, wait, Una Delta seed, Una Delta? Glowing Una Delta seed. Bring the uh, Pandoran experience back with you with a bioluminescent glow cube for your drink. Hell yes. That sounds fucking amazing. Um, I personally have never consumed anything out of a bioluminescent glow cube. No. Um, But if there's one thing for me that that sort of epitomizes and and embodies the Pandoran experience, it would be that glow cube. Definitely. Uh, what about a Dasani trademark bottled water <laughs> to help wash down some of the sickly sweet drinks you're drinking? <laughs> if, if folks are going to this place, to the Magic Kingdom, where <laughs> dreams become reality, uh-huh. and getting a $5 smart water or a uh, Dasani water, you... Are an idiot. Okay, <laughs> I don't. I don't. Yeah. Would you ever consider getting a hot cocoa? Yes, I mean I love hot cocoa, but 
they don't dress it up enough here, but you right. Know. I mean, they, there's so many good options. I mean, I can't remember anything about about um, Avatar, but surely they have like a volcano or something. Yeah, and there's like monsters and stuff in it. I think right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. You could name the marshmallows after something funny from the Ooh, movie. Ooh, good. Yes, great. Uh, exactly. The other fun beverage, just because again, this menu is so scant that we need to sort of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> milk it any any place we can find it. Uh, I've got nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? Um, is the Are you, you're putting in your own soundbite? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, pa- that's the Pandoran Sunrise with a Navi flute cup. Ooh. Yeah, it's an exotic blend of tropical juices. I never like just one tropical juice, including pineapple, <laughs> mango, lime, and a hint of melon with a pineapple garnish served over ice in a Navi flute cup. Simon, that'll set you back $12.49. Does that have any alcohol in it, or is it just no. a series no. of... It's an exotic blend of tropical juices. <laughs> I and guess tropical juices is for. a uh, is a proper noun apparently because it is capitalized. <laughs> William, you have done it again with your proper noun humor. That is very funny. Excellent call. Um, all right, <laughs> let's uh, let's hit the menu, shall we? Yes, definitely. So, so there are there are six entrees basically. There are five in the entree part, and then one in, in a, it's its own section called plant based. <laughs> That's and actually, one page of the menu, right? And actually. The five aren't even five. It's really four because one of them is a sampler platter of the other four. Mm-hmm. And so, another one is just a combination of two. <laughs> and another one is a combination of two. <laughs> so you think that's pretty ridiculous. There are three <laughs> things on the entree menu. But, Simon, would you tell people what they do to uh, expand this? Yes. Uh, they they have created a food wuss's dream. Um <laughs> It's full of menu after menu, like completely separate menus for you have your, first of all, a very lengthy allergy disclaimer that like would make even the most cautious lawyer blush. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like an insurance policy must have been taken out that is like heavy with, with, um, Disclaimer language that you have to have huge warnings here. Um, uh, allergen advisory statements, parentheses, e.g., quote, may contain, etc., end parent, are not regulated, just to give you a taste of, of the <laughs> language we're talking about here. You do, you need, a, a, you do need a JD <laughs> to decipher this menu. Exactly. Did you know you were getting a, a an intro to, to, like, contract law while you're sitting down <laughs> to your... Um, Navi, uh, meal. Um, okay. So there's the gluten slash wheat allergy free friendly menu. There's the egg allergy friendly menu. There's the fish slash shellfish allergy friendly menu, the milk allergy friendly menu and the peanut slash tree nut allergy free menu. Uh, Oh, and soy allergy free menu. 
Right. Se- several allergies I didn't even know could be allergies-free menus <laughs> or friendly menus. And the scam, the scam of this motherfucking place is there's not one unique product on any of these. It's just a it's just a it's just one of the three things on their main <laughs> menu, but without whatever the allergy-free thing is in it. Yes. So in, in spite of having literally a dozen pages here of menu, <laughs> there are there are essentially three to four products you can actually buy. Right, exactly, exactly. Oh my goodness! I mean, is this like the words out that like this is the place to go if you have like a bunch of extremely sickly like people in your party? That like any sort of like droplet of soy gets on them and they like, you know, right. instantly turn to dust. This is this is out there. I've I, I mean, I can I can see including an asterisk, you know, right. and just sure. saying this can be made egg free or nut right. free or whatever. Right. Um, or just, you know, uh, you could just have one page that says all of the above can be made without, and then list all the things people could potentially be al- allergic to. Right. Um, but to re to create a, uh, uh, an entirely separate page of a menu claiming that this is a new egg allergy free menu or fish selfish allergy friendly menu is a little bit far fetched. Yes, it is. And I, I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, Wayne. The only way that this makes any sense to me is that this layout that we're seeing here is some sort of like outgrowth from the the fact that it's just totally different from what you would get if you actually walked in. Right. It like, has to be. Yeah. So that said, which of the two items are you going to get? <laughs> I get the combination bowl, grilled beef and chicken, <laughs> nice. which is slow roasted sliced grilled beef marinated in a blend of garlic herbs, red pepper spice and red wine vinegar and enough shellfish to kill you. No, um, paired with wood grilled chicken thighs marinated in garlic and olive oil topped with crunchy vegetable capital letters, capital letters slaw and <laughs> TM. Boba, TM, TM, they've copyrighted slaw. Um, and boba balls, I don't assume, I assume that is. A boba, a, it has to be a thing. character or something, yeah. Oh, no, oh, probably a food. No, probably a food. Yeah, food they eat. Food, oh. see, maybe plays a better, bigger role in this film than I remember. Yeah, no kidding. Hillary has informed me that boba balls are what's in boba tea. Oh, okay. Which really raises more questions than it answers. Bubble why, tea. Sorry. Why are you Bubble having tea. boba balls with your grilled beef and chicken? I I don't know. I don't know. And then you get your choice of base and sauce. And, William, I've poured over these 12 pages of uh, menu, and I cannot find any of the bases or sauces. <laughs> Can you? No, but these two are proper nouns. <laughs> So, <laughs> suck on that, <laughs> boba ball. And then another incredibly lengthy allergy disclaimer. 
Right. I just can't look at that menu anymore. I'm going to go down to arbitrarily pick one of these allergy-free things. Um, oh. How about I'll do the Simon. The kids menu honestly sounds quite a bit better. Mm. Uh, I'll get this the soy allergy friendly from the soy allergy friendly, the slow roasted. Oh, that's just what you got. Jesus Christ! <laughs> of course, it's what you got. There's nothing else to get. You've you've put me in a corner. There are three things on the menu, Simon. There's the chicken. <laughs> there's the beef, both of which you got in yours, and then there's this goddamn shrimp bowl. So I guess I'm getting the shrimp bowl. <laughs> Chili garlic shrimp bowl. Shrimp toss in a chili garlic sauce served with your choice of capital B base and capital S sauce. Mm. 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 Uh, Or I could have gotten the plant base. Sorry. The chili spice crispy fried tofu bowl. Yeah, that's the tofu. Yeah, it comes with with your boba balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've never had boba balls outside of bubble tea. Yeah, I think maybe one time I've tried that 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 sort of tea, but I don't like those balls. Yeah, it's a it's a weird experience. I feel like you should either be drinking or eating, and this combines both. Um, all right, should we head to desserts, berry? Berry, yes, <laughs> desserts, definitely. Quote, bear. <laughs> Do you think this, like, this restaurant slash whatever part of the park that deals with Avatar has, like, a lengthy plot description? Because I can't imagine people remember this thing well enough to have any idea. No, I think you have had to go through enough Avatar-themed hurdles to get to this god-awful allergy-friendly station that that you would have some idea what this fucking, in quotes, berry is. (laughs) But why is it in quotes? They don't put any of the other words from this thing in quotes. They don't understand any anything. Like Satu Li is not in quotes. Why is Barberi? <laughs> and the reason why we're doing this weird pronunciation is it B-E-R apostrophe R-I. I don't know. I'm sure this is a major plot point for you av- Avatar fans out there. I apologize for massacring. Uh, the pronunciation, but the best I can do is desserts. Berry. <laughs> what, what two are you getting? What one right, of the two? So, <laughs> so it's always fun when you go out with friends and you're ordering dessert. You know, it's a decadent evening if you're ordering dessert. For everyone to get something different, maybe, hey, you know, maybe can I try a bite of yours, et cetera, et cetera. We're there. Simon, me, Torian Prince, and Garrett Temple, we all want to do that, right? We're all mm-hmm. hankering for our own, you know, a dessert that express our unique snowflake selves. Right. We can't do that here. There's no. going to be minimum 50% of the table is going to be ordering the same thing. Yes. Because there are two desserts here. Simon, I will let you, I will let you choose first. Thank you, because I do not want the other one. I'll have the chocolate cake, uh, chocolate cake with a crunchy cookie layer and <laughs> banana cream topping. Oh, are you a banana cream fan? Well, um, I can be. I don't know. It's kind of a weird. It's it's like you were with eggs a long time ago, where you're you're enticed by it. Right. I'm not sure that I've ever liked it, but 
I'm excited. They, I know it. it's often served with a vanilla wafer. Yes, I used to love vanilla wafers. I probably haven't had a vanilla wafer in 20 years. Same. I do remember <laughs> maybe my last experience with a vanilla wafer. I it was sort of like the uh, the Pringles thing where once you pop, you can't stop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> once you once you nil, you can't kill my <laughs> desire to keep eating all of the vanilla wafers in this thing because I. Pretty much finished <laughs> off an entire box. They're they're like the saltine of cookies, though. They are <laughs> there is very little to recommend them. They're not overly sweet, if I recall. They're sort of bland. They they don't have a good texture. They have no flair. There's not like a sprinkle or a chocolate topping. It's just a, a sort of bland kind of like a dusty, ashy cookie. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the um. They're sort of like the 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 plates of um of desserts they're, they're i think they're meant to be like a, an accoutrement of something else right 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 no one's coming out uh nilla wafer forward in a dessert but yeah right. they can top off a nice vanilla cream pudding sort of thing um all right that'll set you back 529 i'll go for believe it or not simon the one other item on the desserts berry uh, there are, if you can tell, uh, a number of fireworks going off about one building away from my face. So I can hear it both in my out of my window and out of your. <laughs> yeah, listeners are probably getting a double dose of this thing in this weird echo. Uh, chamber here. Anyway, I don't want to put off the suspense of what my dessert order is any longer. <laughs> I am going with a dessert uh, Simon has had to pry me away from on many occasions, a blueberry cream cheese mousse. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you've always, you're always after your mousse. Uh, uh, it is blueberry cream cheese mousse, and if you thought that wasn't outrageous enough, try adding... A passion fruit curd mm-hmm. to that mm-hmm. mix. Um, gun to your head, Simon. Someone says you can either have blueberries for the rest of your life for dessert or passion fruit. Which are you taking? I don't know what passion fruit tastes like off the top of my head anyway. Uh, yeah, to me, passion fruit is just like, uh, you know code for something extremely sweet being added to like your drink or something like that yeah right i've I've, i think i've basically only experienced it as it's in its like synthetic form yeah but i couldn't tell you yeah if if it looks like is it more like an apple or an orange a kiwi or a watermelon right have no idea I, I agree. I don't know. So I, I, w- I would take blueberry just because I don't I don't want the, like, mystery door. <laughs> you don't want to get a passion fruit and find out <laughs> that really it is just, like, this toxically sweet liquid that could be added to a very, very bad drink. <laughs> exactly. That would be a, a pretty horrifying realization. I agree. Um, well, IRL, Jay-Z, I hope... Uh, let us know what you would get here. There, I, I mean, we have literally exhausted the entire menu in this brief conversation of it. But uh, we'd love to hear what you would get. And other listeners, let us know uh, if you've ever been to the Satuli Cafe or Canteen. Yeah. Um, if you have any insight into what Berry is or... <laughs> 
Or what Satu the meaning of Satuli. We right. we would be thrilled to hear about it. Um, <laughs> and for next week, Simon, would you let people know where they can submit uh, potential Nets questions and or menu ideas? Yes, please send them to maybenetstime at gmail.com. You can also follow us and send whatever you want also to um, Dick Picks. What? Dick Picks. Yeah, whatever you want, truly. I mean, nothing, you know, violent, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, tasteful, long, tasteful, something tasteful. Right, as long as it's consensual, <laughs> please send it to um, I mean, it's time at gmail.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. <laughs> This is the grand finale here, folks. This is just the right time because we are going to go ahead and uh, see you next time. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed. And in the personal columns, there was this letter I read. If you like Pina Colada.